Good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Hope this morning. We're so happy that all of you are here. Um, I hope you've had a great weekend, and kids, I hope that you've all had a great start to your school year that we've had. I know some people are just about to start. We've got some preschoolers and about to start and some um, younger kids. We only have a couple announcements I want to remind you about. There's a lot of information in the bulletin. Jennifer does a really great job at making a whole lot of information look very neat. (laughs) So if you'll make sure you look at all of that. And just to remind you that we have our lunch next week. So the youth will be having their spaghetti lunch next week. And the famous pie for Miss Kay will be there. So everyone, please come and be ready to help. They're going to be raising this money for their youth retreat in the fall. So the guys and girls go on separate retreats in the fall, the first weekend. And it's a, a wonderful experience. Chase and Devin take the guys to one camp and um, get to grow in knowing what it means to be a man in this world, while the girls, Caroline and I, will be taking them to look up Lodge and studying this, the opposite, but the same, what it means to be a woman and what God wants for us as women and young people. So if you could help us support that, that would be wonderful. Um, don't forget live wires. I'm so excited to say that y'all will be meeting this Tuesday at 11 at Creekside. So meet there at 11 o'clock at Creekside for all the live wires. And if you are newer and you do not know what that means, that is the seniors. What's the age? Senior. So Pastor Russ's age, you know, and above. So (laughs) make sure. Thank you. So please, if you haven't ever done anything, I think it's been a while since they've done that. I know since I've been here. So please, all of you meet and Fill up Creekside on Tuesday at 11. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be at this church at New Hope this morning. We're thankful that all of our paths have led us here. We're thankful that we can come and worship together. And and for the Sunday school hour, we're thankful for the teachers that work throughout the week and prepare and pray over that lesson and um, the relationship that we have from that, Lord, We're grateful for all things. I think that if we could sit and just have an hour of Thanksgiving where we just speak out loud all of the things that we're thankful for, it could take a lot longer than that. We are grateful for what you have done from the beginning all the way through the sacrifice of Jesus, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Spirit and all of what is to come, Lord. We trust in your word and we know that it is true and we Just ask that you make us more and more like image bearers through convictions and through our time in prayer and and scripture reading and and our relationships together, Lord, that that we build each other up. That we come into this place not just to be fed, Lord, but to be fed and to go out and to feed others. Because we're not meant to just come on Sunday mornings, but we're meant to be disciples and make disciples every day of our lives. As we talked about in Sunday school, there's no end It is a constant journey in our relationship with you. There's no retirement from you. There's no end date or completion. It is a constant, beautiful relationship with you that grows and changes every day, Lord, if we're willing to do that. We thank you for this time that we get to worship, and we pray that your spirit open our eyes to what we need to hear and convict our hearts of what need to be convicting of and what we need to change. Lord, humble us. Humble us in every way that you need to, Lord, so that we can put you first and be the light to others. Lord, we love you so much. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.
Amen. That's a powerful song. And our God is greater, bigger, stronger than anything that we will face in this life. Amen. Praise God. When we were when we were growing up, we would we would often go to the mountains. We'd go up to Blowing Rock for the weekend and the weekend would come around and, and, and we'd load up the station wagon on Friday afternoons and, and head up to the mountains for the weekend. And, and in the summer times, we would, we would just, uh, as kids, we'd ride our bike up and down the little gravel road. In the, in the winters, we would put our ski bibs on and thermal underwear and throw our skis over our shoulder and make a, a short trek up the little, the little hill there to uh, Ski Mountain and spend the day skiing. And also the, the ride up the mountains was quite, was quite memorable too. Um, since Daddy, we, we left after Daddy got off work, um, it was usually dark when we got there. And do you remember the old station wagons that had the flip-up seat in the back? Okay? That's usually where me and Robin wound up, my younger sister, and sometimes all three of us will be wound, wound up sitting in that uh, flip-up seat looking out the back, Right? And seeing where we where we've been, and uh, looking out the back window, and, and so that was us. And we live to tell about it, right? <laughs> Those things would be outlawed today for sure. But we would get to the base of the mountain, <coughs> and there was a little church on the on the left going up, and and we knew we were getting close. We knew we were getting close to to blowing rock when we got to that to that little church, and. Uh, and in the basement of that church, it was just a, a concrete foundational church, and, 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 and on each corner it had a window. So it had four windows around the basement of this church, and, and some of you knew my dad and, and knew what a prankster he was and you know how he would go on with you about this and that, but he would tell us that those, those windows were in the church. The church people had put those windows in the bottom of the of the church so that they could tell if the, the, if the devil was coming or not. If he was out there or not, they would know that the, that the devil was coming and would know to get ready for him and get prepared for him. They could keep him away because they could see him coming. But many of you have traveled up that road, to, uh, up 321, and again, at night it was dark, the roads were, were narrow, and traffic could be problematic and, and aggravating. And finally, around 2005, I guess it was, they decided to, to widen it to, to four lanes. And the interesting thing about that project was they had to completely redo, redo the sides of the, of the mountain. There was drilling and, and, and blasting for months. Earth movers and bulldozers worked around the clock for years. The entire landscape was, of the mountain was changed. The traffic pattern was changed. The views, instead of getting better, though, they got worse, which, which we didn't like. Um, but the project took forever, it seemed like. It did take a number of years, all to build or to rebuild a road. And so they just had to do a little bit of moving of that mountain. What if they had to move the whole mountain out of the way? Jesus said in Mark 11, if you will, turn to Mark 11. That's where we're going to be this morning. Mark chapter 11, Jesus tells a story about moving mountains. 
And he says that if you have faith in God, you can move mountains. And so I'm thinking, okay, why didn't these folks just move the mountain, you know, instead of going through a... But prior to Jesus' crucifixion, he's making his way into Jerusalem and he's walking from Bethany to Jerusalem. We find the story in Mark chapter 11 of the fig tree that's withered. And, and Jesus makes a point of that. We find that story again in, in Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 12. Let's read from 12, 12 through 14. It says, The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out he, he went to find find out if it had any fruit and when he reached it he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs then he said to the tree may no one ever eat fruit from you again and his disciples heard this they heard what he said now this tree was a metaphor for the nation of Israel and 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 on this fig tree there were leaves but there were no figs it wasn't the season, but then the question, well, why did it even have leaves on it? And, and so this fig tree was, was uh, again, was an example of Israel. There were, there were leaves, but no fruit on it. No fruit was being produced. And, and so likewise, the, the people of Israel, they, they looked good. They looked good on, on the outside, but they were spiritually dead and unproductive on the inside. Outward they, outwardly, they, they looked righteous. They were doing all the right things. They were coming to church. They were checking the box off. But inwardly, they were hypocrites. Living out their life, they weren't the righteous people that, that they showed to be on the outside. And so that's where we are in, in that passage. From there, in verse 14, uh, Jesus goes on to cleanse the temple and returns back to Bethany that night. And the story picks up again in, in uh, verse 20. So he's gone back to Bethany. It says in the, in the next morning, in verse 20, in the morning they went along. As they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. And Peter remembered and said, Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that it will, what they say will happen, it will be done for them. And therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now Jesus wasn't talking about literal mountains here so it didn't matter how many how much faith the the north carolina dot had they weren't going to move those mountains just by saying go move it took them the the equipment it, it wasn't jesus here isn't talking about moving blowing rock he's not talking about moving mount mitchell or stone mountain or crowder's mountain or whitaker's mountain he's talking about moving the obstacles in our life that stand between us and Him. The things that keep us from, from knowing Him at the deepest level, at the level that He wants us to know Him at. 
It's the things that keep you from, from, from walking closer with Him every day. He's talking about the issues that distract you or, or, or hinder you in your relationship with Him. The, the mountain of defeat. The mountain of troubles. The mountain of burden. The mountain of, of hardship. The mountain of discouragement and, and disappointment. The mountain of failure and sorrow. The, the mountain of a, of a family crisis or the, the mountain of lying friends. Maybe it's the, lie, the, the mountain of sickness or the mountain of setbacks in your life. Because you see, when we focus our attention on, on our mountains, on the things that are going on in our life, the difficulties that we're facing, we're not focused on God. And that's where God wants us. He wants us focused on Him regardless of what's going on in our life. Regardless of the difficulties, regardless of the hardship, He still wants us focused on Him. And so mountain moving faith comes from looking to God and not the mountain. Focusing our eyes, focusing our attention on God and not the troubles in life. You see, we have, we have faith in God because He is bigger than our problems. He is bigger than our mountains. He is bigger than the issues in our life. He is stronger than, than your mountains. He is larger than your mountains. He's smarter than your mountains. He's more powerful than your mountains. Let me assure you that whatever your mountain is, whatever you're facing in your life, it is smaller and weaker than your God. Can I hear an amen? Praise God that we serve a God that big. Your mountain, <clears throat> your mountain is a molehill in the eyes of God. Your mountain is an anthill compared to God. Again, in, in Mark 11, verse 23 and 24, it says, For assuredly I say to you, whatever or whoever says to this mountain, be, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he, he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe. Believe that you have received them and you will have them. Notice in that verse, Jesus didn't say to talk about your mountain. Jesus didn't say to dwell on your mountain. Jesus didn't say to, to talk about how big your mountain is. Jesus didn't say to talk about how tall or how wide your mountain is. You see, when we talk about our mountain, it just gets bigger and bigger in our minds. It gets harder and harder to overcome. <clears throat> and our big, when, when we do that, <clears throat> our big old mountain starts talking to us. Our big old mountain starts taunting us and, and aggravating us. And, and that big mountain in our life begins to, to say things like, you can't get past me. You can't overcome me. You'll never be any good. You'll never amount to anything. You can't do that. You'll never be healthy enough. You'll never get out of financial debt. Verse 23 says, not to talk about your mountain, but to speak 
through your mouth. And there's a world of difference in those two right there, isn't it? Talking about it and speaking to it. Focus on the size of God and God's power, not the size of your mouth, not the size of the obstacle or the issue or the problem in your life, but concentrate on the power of God. A mountain-moving faith only comes by knowing and walking with God. And so what are we doing in our life to keep that relationship close? That song that we just sang, Speak to the Mountain, says, My God is faithful and His promises are true. Folks, God is faithful and every word in His Word is true. His promises in the Word are true. They will come to pass. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says, So I speak to the mountain, telling them it's time to move. It's time to get out of my life. It's time for for you to move on. My God is bigger and better and stronger and greater than you, mountain, so leave. Get on out of here. But notice what verse 23 does not say. It doesn't tell us how long that mountain's going to be there. It doesn't tell us how long it's going to take for that mountain to move. We think about that mountain going up 321. That mountain's been there for 6,000 years. Up until 20 years ago, it was changed. It was chipped away at. Nobody knew how long it was going to take for that mountain to be redone. Granted, it was done by the hand of man. But here in this verse, it doesn't tell us how long the mountain in our life is going to last. It doesn't tell us how long it's going to be there. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell us how long it's going to be before God moves that mountain. It just says to trust and have faith in God. In Psalm 37, verse 3 through 5, it says, Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Folks, in order for that to happen, we have to be living our lives the way God created us to live. We must be praying our prayers, asking according to God's will, not our will. And so sometimes that means God's going to move, and sometimes it means God's going to move us in order to be prepared to attack that hill, that mountain. We must desire to bring glory to God in all that we do. And so we've got to be living our, our, our life for God. We've got to be praying, asking for God's will, and then desiring to bring God glory in everything that we do. And because of that, we can't hurry God. We can't push God. We can't encourage God to hurry. Well, we can encourage Him to hurry up, but He's going to work on His own time and His own time frame. Because He knows what's best for us, and He knows what we need individually. 
And so we come confidently into the throne room of God, approaching Him in prayer, trusting in Him and waiting for Him to work in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, We have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. We can approach Him in confidence with the desires of our heart. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything, here it is, according to His will, He hears us. Do you hear that? If we ask anything according to His will, and so are we, are we seeking His will in our life? And if we know that He hears our prayers, verse 15, and if we know he, he hears our prayers, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of Him. So We come to Him in prayer. We come to Him with, with confidence. And we know that He hears our prayers. But folks, our mountains may not move today. They may not move tomorrow or next week or next year even. In fact, they may or may not be moved at all. Or it could be God decides to move it all at one time or begins to chip away at it a little bit at a time. Or He may want us to go over our mountain. He may want us to go around our mountain or He may want us to go through the mountain. That's before The main thing is that we put our faith in Christ and trust our mountains to Him. Leaving it up to Him to determine how the mountains will come or go or stay or leave. Looking back at Mark chapter 11, verse 14, Jesus said to her, Jesus said to the tree, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard that, he said. In verse 21 and 22, it says, And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is now withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith. Have faith in God. You see, they had, they had heard the curse that Jesus put on this tree, and the very next day, the whole entire tree had withered even down to its roots. And by doing that, Jesus demonstrated the power and the ability of God over our mountains if we have faith. And He can do it all. He can take and remove whatever is in our life. We all have mountains in our life, don't we? We've all had them come up. We've all had them move, gone over, around, or disappear, whatever it might have been. But we've all faced those difficulties in life, haven't we? The Apostle Paul had a mountain in his life. We read about it being the, the thorn in the flesh. Joseph's mountain was that he was rejected by his brothers and was, and was sold into slavery. Job's uh, mountain was that his fortune and his family was taken from him. 
Daniel's mountain was that he was thrown into a lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. Paul was thrown into prison, shipwrecked and beaten. David had the mountain of a man named Goliath. Nobody spoke to Goliath. They were too afraid. They all talked about how big and how ferocious, how deadly he was, what a mighty warrior he was. They talked about him, and the more they talked about him, the bigger he got in their minds. He was undefeatable. There was no way to kill him, no way way to get rid of him. He had grown so big in the minds of the people. Today we would say that he was living rent-free in their minds. Goliath saw this little little fella come up and begin making fun of David, but David spoke to him. He didn't talk about Goliath, he spoke to him. And he said, you come against me with sword and spear, but I've got something even better. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, amen? He wasn't focused on the size of the mountain of this man but the size of his God because he knew that his God was bigger than any Goliath that could come his way. And he focused on the power and the presence of God rather than the supposed power of Goliath. I saw a quote that said, if there's a Goliath in your life, there must be a David in your heart. If there's a Goliath in your life, There must be a David in your heart. You see, in each one of these examples and illustrations, it it illustrates for us the the need for Jesus to to help us move those mountains in our life. Again, our mountain won't always be removed. Paul's mountain of the thorn in the flesh was never moved. Sometimes we just have to climb the mountain, don't we? If God told His own Son, you have to endure the cross, what makes us think He won't tell us no? He told His own Son, Son, this is your mountain. It's never easy when God tells us no, is it? But if God doesn't move the mountain, He will move you spiritually to be able to work with and to deal with the mountain in your life, to overcome that mountain. Do you have that mountain-moving faith in your life today? Are you facing a a mountain in your life that hasn't moved? Until God says no, keep asking and keep praying. See, ultimately God's going to do what's best for you. It It may not seem good for you at the time. It may be the most difficult thing you've faced in your life, but God has brought it to you for a reason. 
Are there mountains in your life that just won't move? Are there mountains in your life that God has said no to? Let me encourage you, keep praying. Keep speaking to it. Keep seeking God until He shows you something different. Have faith in God and trust in Him. For your God is bigger, He's better, He's stronger, He's greater than any mountain you will ever have in your life. He is the God of all. Creator of all things. Almighty God. Our Savior, our Redeemer, our Messiah who wants you at a deeper level. Do you have a mountain moving faith in your life? Will you pray to the Lord to, to remove those mountains? Speaking with confidence and faith that God will either move the mountains or move you where you need to be. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are the Lord of all. You are the creator of all things. You are the giver and sustainer of life. You are our refuge and our strength. And for all of that, God, we praise you and thank you today. We thank you this morning, Lord, just for being our God and being our Savior. For you are bigger and better and stronger and greater than any mountain or any problem in our life. For you are faithful and your promises are true. And because of that, God, we put our faith in you and we trust our mountains to you in order that, that we might bring glory to you in everything that we do. Father, hear our hearts today. And hear our prayers as we come before you this morning. For it is in the strong and saving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen.